Hello, and welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. Today, we're joined by David Lloyd, who's living with ALS, and his brother Scott. David and Scott have always shared a love of cars and auto racing. When David was diagnosed with ALS a few years ago, they realized it was time to stop putting off their lifelong dream of racing high-performance cars. It's a dream that they've been able to realize, while also raising money and awareness for ALS research. Here's Scott to tell the story of how it all got started. My brother and I uh, both grew up uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, in the 70s and 80s, and um, had a you know really good childhood and a good time together, and you know just kind of normal normal life. Uh, one thing that was always a little bit different, I guess, for us though is. We had a grandfather who was a master mechanic. Uh, he had actually started in the Navy, you know, working in the engine room on a destroyer, and uh, then came back and worked for Caterpillar Tractors for 25 years. And so, you know, he was just an amazing mechanic. He could he could literally hear somebody pulling down his driveway and tell him what cylinder of their motor, you know, was was <laughs> was missing or was wrong. And um, so he taught us a lot, and and then obviously taught my, our father, who taught us, and. So we just always had a love for automotive, and um, you know, as as we grew up, we had always said that, hey, you know, someday when we're older, you know, we're we're going to go get race cars, and uh, you know, we're going to go race around the country and have fun and do all those kind of things. Uh, and then, you know, we grew up, and you know, work happened in college, and wife and kids, and all you know, wonderful things. But you know, those dreams around automotive and those things we always said we'd do someday kind of got put to the back burner. Um, you know, as we grew up until uh, October of 2017. That's when David received his diagnosis of ALS, an event that would change the course of both their lives. 2016, I began experiencing uh, some subtle weakness in my right thumb, and I began experiencing uh, cramping in my abdomen and legs and just sort of out of nowhere, muscles would sort of latch in place as I was doing my work, which at the time was uh, I owned my own audio-video uh, networking integration company, so I was doing a lot of physical work on ladders and in attics and crawl spaces and a lot of lifting. And so I was a really strong, healthy person generally my whole life. Um, and I just started having these little idiosyncrasies that were mild annoyances at first, and eventually, um, my thumb in particular got problematic enough that I finally decided to uh, see a doctor about it. And I made the assumption that it was a pinched nerve or, you know, carpal tunnel or something pretty benign. And uh, long story short, uh, I saw the first doctor in September of 2017, and by Mid uh, October of 2017, I had been after a battery, of, extensive battery of blood tests and spinal taps and MRI imaging and pretty much everything you could be tested for as a mimicking disorder of ALS. I was admitted into the Duke ALS clinic with Dr. Bedlack, and uh, obviously my life sort of spun around on its axis. I went from feeling like I was much, much healthier than average for a 47-year-old, 46-year-old uh, guy to realizing that I had just a few years left, potentially. And uh, more shockingly, that in the year 2017, with all of the technology and medical advances and 
all of the things that we can cure, that there's absolutely nothing anyone could do for me but essentially plot my decline and help me deal with, you know, the side effects of losing muscle all over my body. A lot of people would be understandably devastated hearing news like this. But Scott's reaction when he found out about his brother's condition was one of hope and determination to help. People always look at me funny when I say this, but I was never upset about my brother's diagnosis. Um, you know, I, I was upset in the sense that I didn't want him to have to deal with this and I didn't want this, you know, impacting his life in a negative way. But I, I, I genuinely believe uh, to this day and, and always will that my brother will be healed. I, I believe it with all my heart. I felt that way from the first moment that I heard. So I probably got a little bit of a different response than most people uh, in, in that regard. But I can tell you it was a good wake-up call to say, hey, you know, you need to get busy. You know, you, you, as Dave was saying, you keep thinking you've got all this time and, you know, we, we need to get out there. We need to do some stuff. And, you know, I, I don't get to see my brother as much as I want. We don't get to hang out and let's make that happen. And so it's, um, I, I'm with Dave. I, I think the most shocking thing for me was hearing that they knew, you know, about ALS today, what we knew about cancer 100 years ago. You know, that's the one that really stood out to me. I'm just like, you know, again, as Dave said, how is that possible in today's age? So, you know, it's, um, it was definitely not what we wanted to hear, and it was definitely not, um, you know, what we were wanting, but it has caused us to live our life differently. It has caused us to be much more intentional, and that silver lining has been all the time. I've gotten to spend with my brother at tracks and hanging out with friends and, you know, enjoying life every day and remembering to do that. With all this in mind, the brothers decided it was time to stop putting off their dreams. So clearly, uh, priorities shifted very quickly. Uh, perspectives shifted very quickly. And um, I realized that, you know, I had spent my life focused on, while, while I was very productive as a as a human being and a provider and a father and a, and a husband that uh, a lot of the important relationships in my life had, uh, you know, been cast to the side in order to focus on what was quote unquote important with the assumption that I had, you know, a normal lifespan ahead of me. So um, my brother and I, as he mentioned, had always been close, had always been into cars, especially NASCAR racing. Uh, and drag racing, and um, it just never prioritized that because it's not a particularly financially prudent thing to do, <laughs> um, but it sure is fun. And so, uh, thankfully, uh, my brother worked very hard and uh, had some resources available to him to uh, to make that dream come true for us. And so we uh, we started out just with the notion of we're going to get a car and we're going to, you know, a really awesome fast car and we're going to take it to some track days and have some fun with it. And then from there, it, it blossomed into something much more, uh, much more worthwhile. David and Scott set out to find their dream cars. It wasn't easy. A lot of fast cars are relatively small and they're both big guys. In their words about six foot five, 230 plus pounds. Also, they're devout Christians, and they take their faith seriously. That made options like the Dodge Hellcat, a car that comes in colors like demonic red, not very appealing. But after a long search, they ended up with a pair of very rare, 
very fast automobiles. Two Hennessy Z28s, a kind of upgraded, super-powered Chevy Camaro. So the next thing was to find a place where we could actually take these cars and run them out and uh, drive them to their potential. And we ended up at a, uh, a fundraising track day that uh, Victory Junction Camp, which is owned by the uh, Petty Racing family, uh, puts on every year at Virginia International Raceway in Alton, Virginia. <clears throat> so you pay some money and you get to drive on VIR's uh, venerable full course at what they call highway speeds. Uh, and so it's not really a race and it's not really, you're not really going wide open. You're not, you don't have to wear safety gear. Anybody can bring any car. And we showed up to this event and happened to be a beautiful early spring day and it was packed and people were paying 25 bucks a piece to take their cars and drive out on this, one of the most, you know, well-known road courses in the United States. And um, so Scott and I sat there and sort of watched uh, the number of people, how long they were staying, how much they were paying. You could also pay, pay to take hot laps with pro drivers and pro race cars at full speed and experience what it's like to, to be on that track, you know, driving full out. Um, and we realized that there was a lot of money changing hands, you know, going to a good cause. And it was one of the best days he and I had ever had together in our new cars. They garnered a lot of attention because uh, the Z28s are very rare, numerically speaking. And Hennessy Z28s, there's only 23 in the world that we're aware of, and we own two of them. So, um, so everywhere we went with those cars, we began to draw attention. So for my birthday uh, that year, my brother decided to uh, do something extraordinary, which was to give me uh, the Hennessy upgrade for my car um, so that uh, I could keep up with his, <laughs> which has significantly more horsepower. And um, so we then built a relationship with Hennessy in Texas. Uh, the car was shipped to Texas and stayed down there for a couple of months while they modified the engine and drivetrain and other things about it to add a lot more power and a lot more uh, attitude. And um, and so the time came to go down to Houston uh, to pick it up. And we, we flew down, and Scott suggested that we drive the car back to North Carolina from Sealy, Texas, which is about 1,250 miles, uh, in like a two- or three-day cannonball run style. And then he suggested, uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we stream some of this live streaming on Facebook and try to get donations for LSTDI. And I looked, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm pretty leery of technology, even though I'm, I own a business that installs it. Uh, and, uh, I, I kind of said, who's going to pay us to drive a car back from Texas to, you know, to North Carolina? Who gives, who gives, who gives a hoot about that? And, uh, he said, well, you know, we'll just try it. So on our way back, we had a blast driving this amazing, you know, car back all the way from Texas uh, to, to North Carolina together. And we did, I believe it was three different uh, Facebook Live broadcasts. And by the time we got back to North Carolina, we had raised over $750 for ALS TDI. Mm -hmm. And along the way, we told the story of my diagnosis and told the story of, you know, the disease and the pretty horrific statistics about, you know, someone being diagnosed every 90 minutes and, passing away every 90 minutes from, from ALS. And, um, 
And that's really how Racing for ALS was born. So there are things called uh, HPDEs, which is a high-performance driving event. It's not a wheel-to-wheel -wheel race, and it's not necessarily a time trial, but it's an opportunity for people with, you know, uh, exotic cars, muscle cars, uh, cars that are otherwise best uh, purposed for racing to legally drive their cars at their outer limits on road course tracks. And so we began attending uh, HVDEs with our uh, Z28s um, and always had really positive response to the cars. Uh, ALS TDI actually began sending us uh, lots of ALS TDI swag and magnets that we put on the cars and various, uh, various other ways that we could communicate what our charity cause was. And, um, and so after, you know, meeting tons of amazing people, uh, the, the HVDE community, uh, is a very tight knit group of like-minded individuals. Uh, they're very quality, intelligent people. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of on the same team and they're just really awesome events. And so we began thinking about the prospect of putting on our own HVDE. Um, and use the driver's registration fees as a tax-deductible donation uh, to ALS TDI, sort of, sort of commingling what we learned at the Victory Junction race at VIR uh, or, or, you know, Charity Laps Day and the other HPDEs and time trials we did in, uh, involve ourselves in in the next year, and we sort of put that, made a mashup out of that, or I should say my brother did, and uh, came up with Dave's race. Dave's race is a high-performance driving event. Uh, it's where we have a lot of people from the racing community come together and uh, spent five hours of open track time at VIR, but we also had people who didn't want to you know, be out there running 160 miles an hour uh, that were able to do parade laps to where we go highway speeds. And uh, all those folks coming together, uh, you know, we had Terry Labonte there, who's a former NASCAR champion who uh, led our uh, parade laps in the afternoon and gave a speech. But it, it, uh, it's a high-performance driving event that, again, allowed a lot of like-minded people to come together and raise money for a good cause. And it's actually built somewhat of a community. Uh, we still have people that are helping us fundraise and helping us market for this year's event. And they're doing it just out of the kindness of their heart uh, and um, just doing it uh, to help end ALS. And so, again, last year's event raised about $36,000. Uh, this year, we're hoping to double that. So, uh, the high-performance driving event stuff is really fun, and we've got another one coming up uh, June 8th of this year. So uh, really looking forward to getting out there and doing it again. To date, David and Scott have raised over $60,000 for ALS TDI through Racing for ALS. But beyond just that, they hope that others can learn from their story of resilience and hope in the face of David's ALS diagnosis. For me, again, the big thing is live your, you know, live your life every day, and you know, don't don't let the diagnosis change how important it is. You know, to spend time, to enjoy life, to be with family and friends. Um, you know, and you never know. Um, you know, we're hearing more and more stories around reversals. I mean, I think they've had three. You know, at Dr. Bedlack's place was it last year? Uh, you know, I, I was wearing one of your NDLS shirts uh, at a restaurant yesterday. And a lady came over and talked to me and said, you know, I wanted to talk to you about ALS. My brother, you know, had ALS and, you know, he was, I think, 10 years. You know, I mean, you know, it's like 
the, the, the big thing is that the internet and, you know, all the stuff that you're going to hear is all so scary and all so negative. And I think the key is to do, you know, what we've tried to do. I can't say we've been perfect at it, but is, you know, live life, stay positive, keep moving, you know, just don't, don't let that fear keep you from enjoying, you know, life. Because uh, I feel like my brother and I maybe lived more in the last two years than we had, in the, you know, uh, you know, it, for a long time. But that's my side of it, Dave. I, I don't know what you would think. Obviously, receiving an ALS diagnosis is an extraordinarily difficult uh, and gut-wrenching thing to hear, uh, and you really have two choices: you can absorb it um, and let it you know, pulverize you into the shell of a person you used to be, or you can use it as fuel uh, to rise, try to rise above it on as many days a week as you can manage and set a good example. Uh, for me personally, I wanted to behave in a way that I would expect my children to behave if, God forbid, they ever faced uh, some sort of health difficulty like this in their lives. Um, and so, you know, with children watching, uh, you, you have to try to be your best, be your most courageous, and uh, live your life uh, to the fullest you can. Um, I was blessed with an extraordinary brother who really cares about me and who thought about uh, trying to make my life uh, as happy and fulfilling as it possibly could be in the shadow of a pretty daunting diagnosis. And, um, you know, the upshot is he succeeded in doing that. Um, he and I have enjoyed more time together, like you said, in the last couple of years and more more amazing, impactful quality time than perhaps in the prior 20. And we've also, though, impacted a lot of other people's lives. And we've raised money to help ALS TDI, you know, continue their mission, uh, which feels really fantastic while also having a great time. Um, and you really, you know, can't take tomorrow for granted i guess is my is my admonition don't waste a moment if you uh you know there's no time like the present to go live your dream if it's at all possible and um because you know you don't know what's coming around the corner no matter how healthy you've been or you know how how easy life's been for you previously it can all change you know in one sentence from a doctor um so we're both, uh, you know, prayerful. We're both, uh, we both believe that the Lord has our backs and is using us for good in the midst of a horrible situation and uh, are just appreciative of the opportunity to work with ALS TDI to try to end this horrible disease. Dave's Race 2020 will take place on Monday, June 8th. For more information, you can find Scott and David on Instagram and Facebook at Racing for ALS. That's R-A-C-I-N-G-F-O-R-A-L-S. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at endpoints at ALS.net.